Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome into Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you will try and decipher what's uh, real out there in the world of hope and college football and what's uh, really, truly out of reach. You can join us today at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal at email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Coming up, Mike Babcock will join us from Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. Mike Shuhart, Shuey, going to talk a little golf with us and We'll let him weigh in on uh, what he believes to be true for college football. Brad Edwards next hour and uh, some open phones at 520 for you. A jock doc to wind things up. So uh, let's get to it. So you have uh, two different reports out there. One from Milwaukee and another from a uh, independent journalist, Jeff Snooks. And he is with 11 Warriors. So I want to say this about about Snooks. He is not some dude in his basement with a meth pipe. And think of the character from Silence of the Lambs. That's not this guy. Are you referring to some other people who have made some reports on Twitter within the past week? No, listen, man. (laughs) If if you have enough uh, gall to be in contact with somebody that's telling you information and you've got a Twitter handle... Have at it. Go for it. I'm not doubting and I'm not believing. It, it's just, it's their ability to inform and put things out there. We're all consumers. <laughs> what are you, what stock are you buying is we're, the better question. We're all desperate consumers right now. Dude, it is so, so frustrating. And we'll get into some of James Franklin's latest comments coming up. And we'll lay out the Snooks plan that's kind of the Gene Smith plan. But Gene Smith has said, no, that's that's not happening. But you've had this story by Snooks picked up by Sports Illustrated, reported by Sports Illustrated. You've had uh, Clay Travis of Outkick the Coverage, his site, put this out there. And it's it's been the buzz since last night on social media. It was a Facebook posting. And... The, the guy, Jeff Snooks, has done a lot of books on Ohio State. I'm sure he has somebody he's talking to or with that's pretty credible. Or here's what we're hoping to do for fall football. Otherwise, there's the, uh, the, the winter plan uh, that's been reported by uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, Portricus, I think, is the reporter. I'll firm that up shortly. But... You have Barry Alvarez appeared on Dan Dockage's show uh, yesterday about things that are in the works for winter. And, you know, I'm I'm more interested in fall 
and if you get six teams to participate in the fall and you end up going home and away without a Big Ten championship game, that would at least give Ohio State a shot to have a have a say. Because that's, that's the truth of this, is you have Ohio State and Penn State that are two top five teams, and you've got a loaded Ohio State team that just will not get to participate for a championship. That's just, that, that's big picture view if, if we're talking Big Ten cred. And right now the Big Ten has no cred because of the jackass leading the conference in Commissioner Warren. We'll hear from him in his latest beauty interview with the Sports Business Journal in a moment. And yeah, I'm, I'm name-calling. I'm just that frustrated because you should be able to move forward and play football. If your region is safe and the appropriate medical experts deem it safe enough to play flag football or youth baseball or high school football, you should be able to play college football, period. And your league should let you. And we need some clarity, and we need some transparency, and we need some answers. Is there going to be another statement later today? Maybe. As to the why. Why the Big Ten decided what they decided. I am betting a lot of money on what Rob Zadiska told us yesterday. A healthy portion of this isn't, isn't just health and safety. It is ego. It is hubris by the Big Ten. And the wrong people have the commissioner's ear. Could be governors. It could be presidents. And if, if there are eight schools that don't want to play football or can't play football or are scared to play football, fine. Let the six or seven that want to go do it and we'll mail you a care package with some zeros behind it. You can stay united in that way and still split up whatever money you get. But to stand and and roll the dice that best case scenario, the three other power fives cancel in a week and a half or two weeks. So you look right and first. That's a gamble, because I don't think it's trending that way. Brad Edwards will have more on that. Or at worst, say they only get a smidgen of a season because there's outbreaks. And, and, and you're, you're pulling back to put all your money on a winter or a spring season. Well, if, if you hit a roadblock in the, in, the, in the fall, you're not going to crank things up by spring or winter. You're not going to do it. There's no plan right now by the Big Ten Commissioner or the Big Ten Conference. They're relying on coaches, and they're, rely- they're holding on for, for dear hope. Here's Commissioner Warren. There's three parts to this. The interviewer did not want to rehash last week, so he didn't ask him, hey, by the way, do you have any specifics, some data, some points that you can give us as to what formed your decision to we got to get this right, postpone and not cancel. But this is, this is two minutes. We'll never get back, but I want to play it for you because this is the latest statement and interview from Commissioner Kevin Warren eight days after hitting the nuclear button for the fall. Personally, take me through 
what in what in eight days? Eight days ago, you canceled uh, the, the college football season, canceled fall sports. Personally, take me through what that week has been like for you. You've really been sort of right in the middle of things. Yeah, well, one of the things I want to make sure that we clear it up that's is postponed um, instead of canceling, right. uh, postponed it. But, you know, as you know, uh, John, you being a Maryland graduate and being a passionate Maryland graduate, uh, you know, it, it really is an honor and a blessing to, to have an opportunity to work in the Big Ten. I mean, we have four, 14 of the most prominent uh, schools in all of the United States, not only academically, but also athletically. Don't care. Next next comment. The, the, the second part of this three-part non-answer. So, you know, last week was has been, you know, very emotional uh, for a lot of different reasons. One, you know, when the decision was made, you know, based upon, you know, medical advice to postpone uh, all of our fall sports, but especially our, our football season, is there's wide-ranging emotions. Um, and and that's, that is really what makes the Big Ten the Big Ten. I mean, not only are, do we have talented student-athletes from an academic standpoint, but we have talented student-athletes from an athletic standpoint. And we have very good teams. We have some of the best coaches in the country and some of the best athletic directors and presidents and chancellors. Listen to them and let them play. End of discussion. Period. Listen to their chancellors and presidents if they say yes. We want to play. Find a way. There needs to be increased heat on this commissioner to either walk back his crappy decision or get him out of office. Period. Because he isn't leading. Last thought here from Commissioner Warren. So anytime you make um, a decision collectively, you know, in the conference with our schools, that really, especially, you know, this year, in this pandemic year, I think, think you know, everyone, this has been a really hard year on everyone. And as you alluded to in your opening from a social justice standpoint and the George Floyd, you know, murder and Breonna Taylor and Armand Aubrey, it, it has been, 2020 has, has been an, an absolutely challenging year. And so the last eight days were challenging also, you know, from an emotional standpoint, you know, anytime you make a, a conference makes decisions, you know, like that is that um, you always just have to keep in mind that uh, that you want to do what's right by our student athletes. You're not listening to them. You want to do what's right by your student athletes. Listen to them about their cries for help to be able to play. It's real easy. Reconvene. Go back to the drawing board. Get in front of your Zoom computer. Get a better connection. And hear out your coach's plans to play in the fall. Because winter and spring, we'll get into this now. We'll hear from James Franklin in a bit. So, the revised Big Ten football schedule... (laughs) Could feature a January start date. Big Ten officials are working to revise the schedule. And uh, you've got Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barber said so in a meeting Monday, in a meeting with reporters. Multiple football sources have told the journal Sentinel yesterday 
that they want to start as early as possible. So what does that mean? January 3rd, the final week of the NFL regular season. You've got indoor facilities that could be tapped in Big Ten country. That's Indianapolis, that's Minneapolis, that's Detroit. And you could have triple headers on Saturday starting in January. And that way it's not four degrees outside and you're jacking around with trying to play in the snow. Uh, I don't want to play in the winter. I'm sorry. If it's all we get, I'll roll with it completely. But I still want this this hope, this Jeff Snooks idea and information about six teams playing twice in the fall to happen. I don't want to mess with a nine-week schedule where there's eight games in January January 1st through February 27th, maybe a bowl game. And the thought here is the old bubble format. Guess what? A lot of your good programs have already had a bubble set up now. You can't tell me that that what Nebraska has done or asked their student-athletes to do isn't their own little fortress. And it's worked out pretty well. Michigan's had their own little fortress. Notre Dame, not a great example right now, but their football program has had their bubble set up. Oklahoma has had a bubble set up. Teams have adapted and adjusted, and guys have followed suit. They've tried to stay away from mingling with folks that may be asymptomatic. I mean, that's that's been a priority for a lot of these football programs. And if you remember... Oklahoma's program got more positive COVID tests once their players left their quote-unquote bubble. Yeah, once once they allowed a, a, a weekend pass, I mean, people are going to be people, and some guys may or may not make the best decisions. So the thinking here is it's post-Thanksgiving. You get to campus back in December where no one's around. That way the student body is not there to infect your football team, and then you ramp up to start the year in early January. So instead of New Year's Day bowl games where the ACC's playing the SEC or the college football playoffs going on, you can start your regular season where if you're in Nebraska, you're playing Iowa twice, you're playing Ohio State twice, you're playing Penn State a couple of times, Iowa, I already said. I'll take it, but I don't want it. Figure out a way to make something happen this fall. I'm begging I'm begging that this, again, botched interview by Warren raises more eyebrows for folks that have the power to remove him. And I'm begging that the parents that descend on Big Ten headquarters on Friday get enough media coverage where the pressure makes an adjustment happen. That's, that's your only hope as a Nebraska football fan that you're going to get more smoke and more outcry and parents connecting with viewers and then people who may not care about Big Ten football or fall football find the human interest side of this and then they're like, oh man, these these kids are getting hosed. James Franklin expressing frustration with a Zoom call, expressing frustration with the communication process that went into the Big Ten's decision. 
I don't necessarily have an issue with the decision. Sure you do, James. But I have an issue with the process. We've got an issue with the timing. It's challenging to keep getting up in front of my team with no answers. And you got zero answers, and you got a mulligan today on the Sports Business Journal. And Commissioner Warren talked, filled airtime, said nothing. Mike Babcock going to join us. We'll get his take on winter or fall, what he believes with some of these reports. Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for your time. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herba. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, and uh, a voice for Nebraska football for four decades, Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Mike, uh, as the world turns, man, another day and uh, some hope and some pessimism all mixed into one. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, Smitty, you, you waver too much. You're like uh, Kevin Warren. You don't come out and say what you want here. I, can't, I don't know whether you want football or not. I, I'm not wavering. I want fall football. I, I want fall football, my brother. Yeah, my 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 tab dancing skills are are not good. My dancing skills are worse. And I'm I, I want a new commissioner. I want a new leader in the Big Ten office. And I'm having a a, a toy aisle fit like I'm four years old about the the reality of this and I don't know what to believe with uh, the the post from 11 Warriors Jeff Snooks about behind the scenes work going on uh, I don't really care much for the for the winter idea let's take a bunch of kids and run triple headers like an NBA bubble to uh, three bubble sites around the Big Ten I don't know Babbers you've seen the news the last 24 hours what do you think I, you know, it just, it just, everything that comes out, it's just more confusing. And, and, you know, I, I'm not as, I'm not as down on Kevin Warren as a lot of people, only because it's his first year, and I, and I still say that there's, uh, that, you know, that the decision is made by administrators, and um, we, we need, we need transparency from everyone, not just the commissioner, but. Uh, but all the people that were involved in that meeting, what happened there? Who said what? Was there any kind of a vote? And, you know, it, it seems like it's semantics every time somebody makes a comment about that. Um, let's find out. I mean, was it administrators that were in favor of the shutdown, but they wanted the commissioner to take the responsibility so they could go back to their coaches and say, well, you know, we were supportive, but this is the way it worked. That. That's what I don't understand. And, I, you know, you say uh, new things come out every day, but uh, I, I don't know what to believe. Um, yeah. and, and that's, you know, maybe that comes back on the commissioner because, I, you know, whenever he's been asked a direct question, he doesn't give a direct answer. I mean, he, um, you know, the clip that you played, uh, he was asked a question, and he, and he, was, he was talking about uh, – Black Lives Matter. I mean, that, that's not, that wasn't the question. Babbers, a, a thought with this Gene Smith plan from 11 Warriors. I mean, do you think, 
Could it be possible that there's behind-the-scenes action going on? And, and right now you've got four schools trying to flip two schools, trying to flip Wisconsin and Michigan. And, and I think your AD at Michigan and your head coach at Michigan for football got a real problem with the president because of his medical background. And, and, and can, can Barry Alvarez fight the good fight with his president? Because it sounds like Iowa's president and AD and coach are on the same page. Same for Nebraska. Uh, it sounds like Penn State's on board. Ohio State. Ohio State for sure. And so there's your four. And get get us to six and let the six go at it this fall. I just I don't think the SEC, the ACC or the or the the Big Twelve are gonna pump the brakes. Maybe there's still time to do that. But I think they're they're even more hunkered down now because they they I mean they haven't even shut down and Notre Dame's stopped practice the, today and, and tomorrow, but I mean, there there was no movement after Monday with the North Carolina outbreak to to stop practice for North Carolina, and that's you know one of the schools in the ACC. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that we don't know. That you know, I go back to the uh, a little bit of what Rob Zadka said yesterday is is that did the Big Ten jump in there because it wanted to be first to make this decision, make this announcement? I think that. You know, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, I think the Big 10 should have been in that same camp, is that you should you should proceed and make the decision later after you see what happens. Because this is, you know, things change almost on a daily basis, it seems like. We get different opinions on things, like I said earlier. And uh, I, I don't think you should have made the decision at the point that you did. Um, because it could it, it could be that those other conferences don't play, but they're waiting to see what happens. And uh, you know, that, it wasn't a good start at, at Notre Dame. It wasn't a good start at North Carolina. That's for sure. Um, and there are some other colleges that are in that situation. So, you know, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see in the next week or so um, that it's not going to be a wise thing to try to do. But I. I think you should have left that opportunity open, and that's, you know, that's created a, uh, the mess I think that they've they've got, because if if things get worse on campuses as they start to open up, um, maybe the you know maybe the parents, maybe the players, people would look at it in a different way. Mike, with the parents going to the Big Ten offices here on Friday, do you think that they could, you know, be the difference that the coaches and ads and players? couldn't in getting this football season back uh, to playing in the fall? Well, um, it's just one more thing. If the players and the ADs, and, and you know, I don't know where administrators fall in this whole thing, again, if they can't get it done, I, I'm not sure. Parents, um, maybe, but uh, we're not talking. I, I, I just don't, I don't know if, if you respond how you respond in that way, and 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 that's why I take the easy way out, I guess, and say, uh, I just wish they would have waited, um, as the other conferences are, and and continued to do some things, um, and see what happens. And if 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 you got bad things that are starting to happen, or it's a, you know you you feel like they are, then you make the call. But you know, just to be first, just to be the first uh, Power Five conference. To make that decision, I don't, 
I don't think you gain anything from that. Um, and you know, even if uh, so, if the uh, if the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the SEC at some point they realize, hey, we can't go forward with this thing. Um, there's a little bit of a recruiting advantage there because you can say, well, look, we tried, we stayed with it, and look at this other conference, you know, those other two conferences, they didn't. And, you know, I guess we knew the Pac-12, you know, what was going to happen there. Um, that was that was bound to happen, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't know if the parents can have uh, that kind of influence or not, unless there is, you know, something, you know, like Smitty said, unless there's something already going on behind the scenes, um, then that might be the that, that might be the tipping point. You know, and it, there needs to be larger and louder outcry about not about revisiting the decision. And maybe you get media coverage. Maybe you get sobbing parents. Maybe you get angry parents. I'm I'm betting on both based on the, the frustration level that exists on, on Twitter from a couple of Ohio State parents. You've had uh, some prominent uh, parents that they were in the medical field pen their letter uh, for Iowa. 81 Nebraska parents have gotten their hand-delivered uh, letter to the Big Ten office. I mean, it, it's all there, and there'll be strength in numbers. Just Just sit down and revisit. And it comes down to, do you look worse? reversing your decision, Babbers, or do you look worse sticking with a bad decision? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a tough question. Um, I, I think in this case, if you reverse the decision, you probably look worse because the assumption is that, well, you made it on some kind of substantial basis, we just don't know what that basis was. But then you reverse it, and it's like, well, you don't wonder how substantial that was in the first place. And th- and that's the thing that they're probably looking at is, you know, how are we going to look? Now that's another factor that gets thrown in there. How would we look if we reversed our decision? Well, I think public opinion would be like they they would crush him but I don't know how much credibility is already. I mean, what, what's what's left to, to crush? I mean, he's been getting smoked for eight days, but there would be a camp out there potentially that says, "Well, good, you're 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 letting your teams, you're listening to your coaches, you're listening to your players, you're listening to your presidents, the ones that want to play. You can still let them move forward in the fall. I mean, yeah. there's, there's still time to 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 dial back and say, all right, Sparty and. God forbid if Michigan can't go and, and Rutgers and, you know, the name, name the, there are some of us that can, can go forward in the Big Ten. I have re, I've reconsidered that, and, yeah, let's, let's go put a schedule together because it's, it's safe. And, I mean, they're, they're playing every level of football in Ohio except football in Columbus. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Well, and, and, and to say reconsidered, may, may, they may not have ever considered that possibility. Yeah. You know, as 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 we'll let, if we've got six schools that are willing to go ahead with it, we'll let them go ahead. But you know, then that there's implications to that too. Then if you're the six that are not involved in that, I think there's pressure on you to say, well, okay, if they're doing it, we're going to do it. But we just don't we don't know where the impetus. You know, what was the impetus for this announcement in the first place? And and I, I just I can't believe that Kevin Warren just 
you know, went against the majority of what people said in those meetings. Well, um, I think there's a div- there's a div- I think there's there's a division. Uh, yeah. there, I mean, clearly, but there's a division of everyone plays football in the Big Ten. I don't think football's a priority for everyone in the Big Ten. No, no, I I agree with you, Smitty. I agree with you, but. But if there's a if there's a majority or if if half of them want to do it, then then I think you've got a you know the commissioner doesn't just come out and say well we're not going to do it because whatever and then well it didn't say because whatever because there is no there hasn't been any whatever in response to that question of because. Well, we'll hang tight, Babbers, and hope for some news or at least uh, more of a directive statement from the Big Ten. Maybe that happens today, or maybe there's reconsideration, or maybe Kevin Warren as a parent himself is swayed and moved by other parents who want their sons and daughters to play ball this fall. Babbers, it was uh, good to chat, good to get caught up, good to clear the air on this, and we'll see if we get something by the end of the week. Keep up the good work, Smitty. Hey, Babbers, take care, buddy. Appreciate you. It's Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer, four decades of Nebraska football excellence. Mike Schuart's on the way. We'll hit some golf. We'll get Shuey's take on some football. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, the lawyers are getting involved now. We'll tell you about that. Good old Freedom of Information Act been filed by a pretty prominent sports lawyer we talked about yesterday. I want to be on the golf course right now with Shuey. Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf, as uh, we check in with Shuey. Shuey, help me out with some college football. Can you make a call and, and get us some fall ball, buddy? Man, it sounded more likely, huh? Well, I'm kind of excited. I, I mean, I, I, I hope the 11 Warriors cat is, is accurate. Um, I, I hope there's some reality to seven-figure funding checks that go to the University of Michigan that may be yanked if uh, the school president doesn't come around. And uh, Barry Alvarez could could use his uh, tone and stature to intimidate. He's done it before on a football field. Oh, yeah. So let's let's get those alleged two schools to flip and join the Habs that want to play ball this fall. I, I, man, I'm ex- I'm kind of excited because I think it's going to happen actually. Okay, so really, so you're buying in that there? I'm buying I, in. Okay, I love you. I I think there are some behind the scenes things probably happening. Uh, I I hate this this winter idea. I I really don't want. Detroit or, and I love Minneapolis, but Minneapolis or where's the other spot? Indy. Give me a triple yeah. header of, 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 of January football on January 1st when everyone's playing bowl games potentially. That'd, I be, know. that'd be all big. That'd be very big 10. Yes. That'd be, that'd be weird. You know, but man, I think there's a lot of traction to this and I really think something's going to come of it. So, it's it's got some legs, so we'll see where it goes. I mean, a lot's just going to depend on if if you get major outbreaks like you're hearing from other schools, mm-hmm. that'll slow it down a lot. You know, like Notre Dame, North Carolina. Yeah. You know, they open things up and they shut things down. But you know, one of the things I had 
I had always wondered, thought about, it's like, how come the Big Ten didn't go to these colleges, these football programs, and see what kind of protocol they have in place that are protecting these kids? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it just makes no sense. They didn't, they didn't do anything. They just had a group of guys that just kind of said, this is the way it is, getting some information from other people that don't know anything about any of the programs and what they're doing and how they're combating basically COVID, and they just made it a blanket decision. And it's like, I don't, it just never made any sense to me, you know? And it's sounding that way from other people that you talk to or things that you read about, you know, the Penn State president. It's like, I don't even know there was a vote. Was there a vote? It's like, really? It's like, this is, I mean, but you don't know what's real and what's fake and yeah. all that stuff. But Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. It's been golf weather at Wilderness, man. It has been just phenomenal the last week. And we'll get to some golf in a second. Shuey, you've, you've been involved in, in meetings uh, with administrators and you've been part of the Big Ten. Uh, you've not been part of the Commissioner Warren Big Ten, and that's a blessing to you. But I'm... What do you think went down, knowing the personalities that exist, the further, not all, but the, the, the stereotypical personalities that exist at some of these Big Ten institutions uh, with the, the presidents and chancellors that, that really probably don't give two dams about athletics? Uh, very much so, which I never could understand because it's like, but that's an academic for you. I mean, their their <laughs> academic is is more powerful than the than the athletic in their minds. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the the athletics is what drives it. They don't believe that, but unfortunately, they make all the money. So, but I mean, it's I, I don't know. It's like they don't. There's too many things that are vulnerable and that are affecting. You know, not just football, not just the university. And it makes no sense. I mean, I don't understand what they're thinking. How can you have kids on campus in dorms, but yet cancel a, a, a football season? That makes no sense. That tuition, having, that having, tuition check, Shuey. That's exactly right. I mean, then you're, you're having intramurals? Give me a break. It's like, come on. You mean, you're trying to tell me that's safer then uh, uh, all the protocols that have been put in place for the football team and all the things they're asking those kids to do to stay basically safe. And it's like, it just makes no sense to me. But it's just a lot of it is a liability issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they have to protect themselves so much from the liability of what could possibly happen. You know, that has a huge bearing on it because it's like, I but it makes, we we were talking to to Vince Powers last week and Vince Vince knows uh, the law as well as anybody if not better and he wasn't super sold on the liability aspect but I could see maybe the we were talking with Zadiska yesterday and maybe the malpractice side um, uh, 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 of it I mean so yeah maybe some liability I just. I don't know. I mean, the NCAA hosed things with, with the non-waiver side of things a couple weeks ago, and it's just a mess, but level of excitement for a winter football season? Not very. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think that's a huge mistake. Because who's going to play? <laughs> who's going to watch? I mean, we'll, we'll all watch, be starved for what? football, but yeah, I mean, it, it's insane and said it best. Aren't... JV yeah, football, starting, brother. 
It's that's what it is. Your star players aren't going to play. They'd be idiot. You'd be an idiot to put him out there as a coach. Yeah. Because it's not. What is? What is it for? Nothing. It's basically just playing football. Mm-hmm. It's intramurals. It's like I'm not going to put my. If I had a stud that I could not afford losing, that's the last guy I'm going to put out there. And then all of a sudden, in a short period of time, then have another season. It's like no way. It's like those guys are smart enough. They're not going to do that. The players not going to do that. The kids aren't going to do that. I mean, that's that's jeopardizing the players more than anything. It's like that that makes no sense. Shuey, I wanted to switch to golf real quick. Two things. I got a couple minutes left. A, Northern Trust, who do you like? B, what's going on? Fit Friday this uh, this Friday at Wilderness? Uh, no Fit Friday this week. Okay. Uh, then we got the show next week. Yeah, a week so from we're Friday. Also, we, we're going to be yeah, on Shuey's deck at Wilderness, baby. Yeah, can't wait. So we've got a few days off from Fit Friday. Uh, we'll start those up because we got some companies that got some new product coming out, so they want to do some fall uh, introduction to some of their new product with Callaway and uh, Mizuno and some other companies. So sometime September we'll start those up with some new products that are coming out for next season. That'll be exciting. All right, yeah, are you are you circling Patrick Reed for the Northern Trust TPC Boston? <laughs> you going with Rory Spieth? I know uh, Kepka's out. Tiger, you're gonna, who do you like? You're going you're to get a young guy. You're going to get a young guy that you haven't heard of much. Well, you know, like a Abraham Answer. Okay. Uh, Honest Abe, says Shuey. Yeah. Abraham Answer. That's a name to look out for. Okay. Uh, Gordon, another rookie out there. Uh, last name Gordon. He's another up-and-comer. Okay. Shuey, I am I am writing the the days down man, as we get closer to that Wilderness Ridge show a week from Friday on the twenty eighth. Can't wait, man! Can't it'll wait. Be good to sit with you. It'll be good to see you, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Go see Shuey. Go swing the clubs. Shuey, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. See. Appreciate your time. Brad Edwards coming up. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Final time this hour, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. You're going to get uh, Elijah Herbel's NBA playoff assessment. How about old Chuck Barkley, baby? Call it a shot with Portland. I mentioned Portland on the show Monday. I know. Chuck Barkley since like last weekend has been going Portland. You and I both like Lillard a lot. And for him to make the plays down the stretch, Charles touched on with Greenberg the the matchup problems there are with Portland and just how on fire Lillard was. That was caught most of the highlights of it. Saw a little bit of it before I crashed out. Impressive. Uh, But we'll... uh, before we say goodbye, we'll, we'll kind of get some thoughts. We, we've moved up Bill Dolman to tomorrow just to, to mix in some college football and some NBA. And I'm sad that he won't be on Friday with us, but from a timing standpoint, we got to get Billy D. Uh, spent, spent a lot of years with the Rockets. His take on, I mean, we'll spend probably like three hours on Nebraska with him and just that angry parent that is going to show up at the Big Ten office on Friday. That'll be all right. 
parent singular? As a whole, like many, uh, okay, one, yeah. one large angry parent from many parts of the conference, all saying the same thing. Why? Well, did you see the uh, the news about the uh, the the Yale test, which we I think we also talked about Monday, which is that now the thought is they could get ninety to hundred tests done in under four hours. Yeah, you can test Saturday morning. Yeah, and then play the game at eleven. Yep, yep. And and Coach Snodgrass tweeted that out earlier. Yeah, from York. <sighs> It's just the Big Ten is premature in this. If all the teams can get this test, which it seems like they're going to be easily accessible once they're being mass produced. It's we're going to uh, call our shot and dictate what happens with college football because we're the Big Ten. We've got an ascot and a cigarette holder. I'm kind of like leaning to start hating this conference and it's taking me a long time to get there before we moved into the neighborhood. Because my, my, my Nebraska degree is now a Big Ten degree. It just changes. Before moving in, I disliked their 11 a.m. kickoffs, and I thought they were boring and awful. After getting pulverized by the Big Ten for a few years, I have, <laughs> I have bowed a knee and said, wow, much respect. You guys are vicious. And you play football like Nebraska used to play football. And you still have Ohio State and Penn State. And now, I, I want can we can we get Commissioner Delaney back just for a year? We'll pass the hat, whatever you want, Jimbo. Just come back and make some sense of it. I had doubts with the Big Ten when they added Maryland and Rutgers back in what twenty thirteen. Yeah. I, I had doubts, but I, I trusted Jim Delaney's leadership. Well, now that Jim Delaney is gone, it's been a dumpster fire. It, yeah, I mean, th- there is no such thing as, as leadership in the Big Ten anymore. There is within each individual university in some instances. I have no question or qualm about Nebraska's leadership at all. Brad Edwards is going to dive into some college football with us. Get his take on what to believe, what he believes with the Big Ten. And is there any endangerment uh, moving forward here with the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12. Hour 2 coming up with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you back. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. The Big Ten has spoken, an announcement, a statement, a letter, an open letter that came out uh, about 5.59 Central Time. We'll talk with Brad Edwards in just a second. But you had an overwhelming vote by the Council of Presidents that said it wasn't safe to proceed with fall ball. So I want to know what overwhelming means. Is that 8-6? to six? Is that 12-2? to two? Is it, I mean, all the different ways. Was it 7-7? Seven to seven? Still not specific. We'll get into the uh, medical data that's not posted, that could be posted. But they get into specifics uh, of... The, uh, the factors that led to the Big Ten decision. 
transmission rates on the rise. Uh, there's too much unknown. Concerns about contact tracing uh, with the Big Ten. And a couple other items. Uh, the mitigation process, physical distancing, full contact with practices and competitions. It became increasingly clear that contact tracing and quarantine would be a risk. And uh, accurate and widely available rapid testing may help mitigate those concerns, but access to accurate tests is currently limited. Significant concerns also exist regarding the testing supply chain. So the way I'm interpreting this in in like five minutes to, to turn it around is that not everybody was able to do testing, tracing, and turnaround as quickly as some other schools. We still don't have a vote number. We still don't have that. We welcome in Brad Edwards with ESPN College Football, College Football Insider, College Game Day at J. Brad Edwards on Twitter. Brad, I uh, don't know if you've seen this thing yet, but it's been a crazy eight days. I know we talked last Wednesday kind of on the uh, the aftermath of the Big Ten's decision to, to postpone. Commissioner Warren had another sit-down with the Sports Business Journal today. Still didn't really answer any direct questions about his reasoning, but a statement was put out. As you look at some other schools, specifically, too, in the ACC, with students coming back to campus and uh, COVID numbers going up, with Carolina suspending athletic practice uh, and activities uh, till after 5 today, Notre Dame stopping practice today and tomorrow, what do you anticipate? Is this just a pause, or do you think there's real concern where there may be reconsideration by the ACC moving forward about a fall season? Oh, I think there's huge concern. Uh, the, the question is, to what degree, um, you know, does does the positive testing have to, uh, or I should say, to what level does it have to reach within the team? Uh, for for there to be action taken. Now, with Notre Dame, you know, they've been saying for a while that if students are not on campus, that they're not going to play football. Mm -hmm. That You you know, you can't treat the football team differently than the rest of the student body. So um, it it seems like Notre Dame might be walking the tightrope a little bit more than some of the others at this point, uh, given the, the way that they've been saying that publicly. So, um, yeah, I do feel like Notre Dame right now is very much up in the air, and it, it's dependent on what happens on that campus over the next uh, week and a half or so as to whether the football team is going to be allowed to participate uh, this season. Now, can the ACC still go on without Notre Dame? Absolutely. I don't I – don't, I mean, you, you hate to be revising the schedule again at this stage, but um, they can certainly make that happen if they need to uh, without Notre Dame. Um, the, um, you know, I don't know. So I, I, there was also a, a, a story today that Ole Miss had 13 positive tests, uh, on the football team itself, uh, which is different from North Carolina. North Carolina's issues are within the student body. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- think there's, there might've been, um, a little bit on the football team, but it was more, it was more the, the what was going on in the, in the student body itself. So, so it's kind of apples and oranges at this point, um, but Notre Dame is the one based on the, the news of the last couple of days that I would feel like is is hanging in the balance the most. But I, I think any of them, 
you know, if, if things get progressively worse, um, you know, any of these conferences or any specific teams are, you know, subject to having to call it off. And at this stage, look, we, you know, you, you remember it wasn't that many weeks ago that, that Michigan State and Rutgers were in full quarantine mode because they'd had too many positive tests. It's one thing for that to happen in July. But at this stage, if that were to happen, then then there's some real concerns about whether a team could even be ready for its opening game, and that affects the rest of the conference, and then it just becomes a much bigger deal. Brad Edwards with us. Brad, I want to switch to the Big Ten. You've covered college football a lot of years. You, you get a statement now from the conference, an open letter. And what's your assessment since we last talked about the Big Ten, from a PR standpoint, they have been getting crushed. Uh, the, the narrative has shifted away from, well, Nebraska's angry, to, man, where's, where's the leadership in the Big Ten? And the commissioner's not made that many favorable impressions to certainly the schools that want to play this fall, but just from a national standpoint. And <laughs> what should you do if you're the commissioner of a Power Five league? Uh, yeah, there's it, no question. Right? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the the silence up to this point um, ha, has been deafening. Some would say, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, that, I mean that that's the the most surprising part of this is that the league didn't seem ready to provide answers. It's one thing when you know when players and parents are asking, and that's significant enough. But when the coaches are asking the questions, and the coaches can't even get answers from the league. Um, and, and, you know, James Franklin it indicated that, you know, that, that he was frustrated with the lack of answers that, that he was getting. I, you know, what do you attribute that to? And, and of course, um, the, the surprising thing about this letter, as, as, as I read through it, you know, you had mentioned when it says the, the vote was overwhelmingly in support of postponing fall sports and will not be revisited. You said you'd like to know more about what the word overwhelmingly means. I'd like to know more about what the word vote means mm-hmm. because there have been a number of stories and I'm sure you've discussed them oh, yeah. in the last few days from people who, you know, were either in the room or were connected to people in the room who have questioned whether there actually was a vote. And I think you know, one maybe even went as far as to say, well, it was really more of a robust discussion. There wasn't actually a vote. And for him to come out here and and phrase it that way in this letter, saying, yes, there was a vote, and it was overwhelming. Um, I don't know. I think that opens it up to more criticism. Uh, and there's certainly going to be more questions, and as you've probably seen today on social media, there are quite a few media members at this point who have uh, filed uh, freedom, freedom of information request with the uh, 13 public schools in the Big Ten trying to get information related to this decision. And I, I'm sure you know the truth's going to come out. And um, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems to me, Chris, like, the, what, what do you have to hide? You know, because every impression has been that they made the, the decision based on solid evidence. And if your answer is simply that there's still too much risk involved and we're not comfortable with the risk, that's a perfectly acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the answer that most people want to hear. But it's an acceptable answer, and and why that couldn't have been the answer immediately, I'm I'm not sure. The risk side of things, and, and you've got to assess that. You've got your your job uh, is to promote education, promote athletics, 
and and keep kids safe that are coming to your school. I mean, safety's important. We get into the part of things when it comes to liability. That's been discussed. From a timing standpoint, you can say it's still very risky, but still not cancel. And the more I've thought about this and talked to others, yeah, health and safety is part of the conversation, Brad, but the Big Ten and the ego part of it, wanting to to be a, a big dog. You're already a big dog with the SEC based on what you earn. But they sure as heck, it, it looks like, wanted to be first in the pool so everyone can pat them on the back if this thing gets canceled. Ego's huge with this, and and I hate to to go there with it, but it, it just comes to hubris with me. Well, and look, it, it, this is also very much connected to there being three major conferences that have yet to call it off. Right. I mean, if if everybody had fallen in line, I, I don't think you'd be hearing any of this with the you know with the Big Ten uh, coaches and players and parents you know questioning the decision. Everyone would have just accepted. Okay, that was the the only choice to make, and they made it. But it's hard to say it's the only choice when you've got so many other institutions of higher learning that have made a different choice. And, and, you know, I'm always qualifying when I say these things with the with the phrase uh, for now. Mm -hmm. You know, we we know that two weeks from now, it's possible that that everybody is on the same page. But but I I think that's the thing. The Big Ten, um, you know, players, parents, fans, everyone wants to know is why did you feel like you had to call it at that point? when these other conferences feel like they still have a little bit more time to work with before they would need to make that decision. And, um, that, I mean, that, I, I think that's, that's why we are where we are is because is because they felt the need to, to make that decision as soon as they did. Brad, I want your thought on likelihood here as you're going to have big 10 parents descend on the big 10 office and we're talking parents from Ohio State. We're talking parents from Penn State, Iowa, maybe Nebraska. You're, you're going to have a lot of peaceful protesting folks in Big Ten uh, gear uh, Friday in Chicago. And from a PR standpoint, it's been brutal for the Big Ten. And it's still brutal with this open letter. Is there a window to reverse course and open up dialogue for those that can play to play? Or do you think the decision is absolute by Commissioner Warren and he won't revisit because that would absolutely look worse than as as bad as he already looks? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you have a first-year commissioner, and this was the first big decision that he had to make as commissioner. If if he were to be essentially forced into reversing course because of pressure, that really that really weakens him as a leader going forward. So I can I can certainly understand his reluctance mm-hmm. to change course. And then on top of it, um, if if you're a, a president of one of these universities and you end up caving and you go back on the decision that was made and say, okay, we're going to give this a shot just because the, the, the players and the parents are unhappy. What are you opening up yourself to with that precedent moving forward within your university? I mean, what other student groups might there be 
where you make a decision and then all of a sudden, you know, students and parents are unhappy. And so now, like, well, you did this for the football team two years ago. Right. And now you're expected to, you know, to basically just turn over the, you know, the, the running of the university to the, to the parents. Um, and, and so, so I, I think there are good reasons that neither the commissioner nor the presidents would want to reverse this decision. And then I, I think when you start looking at the timeline of it, um, you know, every day that goes by that these players aren't practicing, it's going to make it more difficult for them to be ready to play on, you know, whatever date that they would end up starting the season. And look, at this point, if they were to make the decision tomorrow, I think it's still fine because, they, you know, they've been getting ready to play, mm-hmm. you know, up until about a week ago. But, but now, um, I mean, but let me, let's say they get another week into it. You know, you've, you, you've lost uh, some degree of preparation. Now, with the fact that they'd only be playing each other and they're, you know, kind of all in the same position, I mean, maybe that helps mitigate it. But still, I, I think from a, you know, player safety standpoint, which this is, and, in, in, you know, one way or another has always been about that, um, you want to make sure that they are as prepared for the season physically as possible. And so you'd want them to get back into that groove practicing. I mean, they still haven't gone full pads yet, right? I, no, they haven't. I don't, I don't think anyone had reached that point. And so uh, I don't know. I just, it just seems to me that the longer they wait, the you know the less likely it is that they could start up and you know be ready to play by by late September, which is you know when when some of these these programs are well, I should say the, the last ones to start are starting late September. So that's still doable now. But if you let much more time go by, then it might be more difficult. Brad, we got about 30 seconds left, so I need your quick thoughts here. But will this letter from Kevin Warren put to bed these rumors that Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, maybe Michigan want to go play their own season this fall anyway? Well, I think it's going to put to bed uh, any rumor that the Big Ten you know, might be willing to sponsor that. I, I heard that rumor myself, and it just didn't make any sense because you know if, if you've got – you know, six or seven teams say they want to do this. The others are going to come out, well, we want to play too. How do you exclude conference members? So to me, there were a number of problems with it. And, um, but, but yeah, certainly, certainly this puts to bed, you know, any type of rumor that the Big Ten would say, yeah, that's cool. If you want to do it, go ahead. Brad Edwards. Brad, thanks for your insight and opinion on uh, continued crazy mess uh, in the Big Ten with college football. <laughs> Stay safe and healthy, and we'll check in soon. Appreciate you. Maybe one week this will end. All right, I you hope guys. so. That's right. <laughs> he said it best. Maybe one week this will end. Well, uh, open phones for you. Reaction to the uh, Big Ten letter next. Chime in. 402 466 ESPN or email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, open phones at 466-377-6800-825-5865. Email Chris at HaleVarsity.com Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence uh, Maybe you've scrolled through the Big Ten open letter. Let us recap a second. The open letter from the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren says the decision to postpone fall will not be revisited. I could translate that into Peaky Blinders language from Thomas Shelby. Bleep off. Now, bleep off. Fall will not be revisited. 
Let's get into factors. Primary factors for the spring. Transmission rates continue to rise. Outbreaks when students return. (laughs) Yeah. Myocarditis, the uncertain risk was unacceptable at this time. And lack of certainty about contact tracing and mitigation for contact sports. Contact tracing and quarantining would risk frequent and significant disruptions. Access to accurate tests is limited. Testing supply chain concerns. One more thought, then it's all you. Task force will study the number of football games that can reasonably be played in a full calendar year. Who's on the task force? What are you studying? And is this medical information the same medical information you use that's been thrown out by other doctors or questioned by other doctors, specifically on myocarditis? There's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. So as a Big Ten fan, or at least a Nebraska fan, is this acceptable? You finally got something beyond a crappy interview with the Sports Business Journal today, where nothing was answered. And then you've got eight days ago, his colossal clown show with the Big Ten Network. Now you get a letter. And the overwhelming vote by the Council of Presidents, you've got no uniformity where some folks say, yes, there was a vote. No, there wasn't a vote. That's still very murky. And give me overwhelming. Three to two, eight to six. You don't have anyone that was there answering. Don't know if it was a blood oath or what. But no one's peeping up. Give me numbers to the vote. Give me give me minutes from the meeting as to the discussion. And if that discussion turned into a vote. Let's go to Jim real quick before you jump in here, Elijah. Uh, Jim, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Yeah, Chris, it just uh, seems to me, the re- you know, nobody's saying anything, the reason why, but uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, theorist but uh, doesn't it seem that this may be as much politically motivated as anything, especially the schools in the Big Ten? It's, it's, it's different in, in that aspect, Jim, with just where you look at the state's lineup and where they may lean politically. I hope to God that's not the case. I really Me do. Too. I really do. Yeah. I just, I, I just think there. I think this is a tug of war between academia and athletics. Well, I, I hope you're right, but uh, I think the reason that you're not hearing anyone come out and tell you exactly how this was derived uh, may go a little deeper than that, Chris. But I'll shut up and listen to you. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for the call. I think the people that helped get Commissioner Warren hired. They're all trying to err on health and safety, promise you. But there also are other concerns and interests and constituents. And I think 
there's people Commissioner Warren's listening to, vote or no vote, that, that may have some more weight. It's clearly not a uniform Big Ten. So uh, we've had an interesting uh, tweet here from Kevin Noon. He's of Buckeye Grove, which is a Yahoo Sports site for Ohio State. And uh, he's obtained a statement from Ohio State AD Gene Smith. It says, while a decision has been made by the presidents of the Big Ten Conference to postpone the fall season, we view this as a temporary delay. And Dr. Johnson, the president of Ohio State, has directed us to prepare for the possibility of bringing at least some of our fall sports back to practice and competition by the end of the year. We are actively planning for the winter and spring seasons for all sports, including the return of football. So the football plan is moving forward for winter. Interesting that some fall sports could come back by the end of the year, though. That'd be volleyball, I assume, is the, the sport I, I'm thinking of. Volleyball, maybe I soccer. Would, well, I would love, yeah. I mean, I, what's that Twitter handle again? Uh, it's Kevin Noon. Send you this tweet real quick. No, I got it. I got it. So, Gene Smith is – so, do you think he's leaving the door open like they're trying to get football in the fall or no? That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, in considering the, the Dr. Johnson there is the president of the university – said a decision's made by the presidents of the Big Ten Conference, but our president has said to prepare for the possibility of bringing at least some of our fall sports back. Okay. So again, <laughs> it's just confusion. Everyone's everyone's doing different things. Everyone's saying different stuff. Yeah. Well, in, you like Ohio State, they don't. If they step up and say no, what are they going to do? I mean, you can pull a Texas or an Oklahoma here and go hostage situation <laughs> on on the league. You know, I don't know that a lot of the Big 12 wanted to move forward and play. Some did, some didn't. But guess what? Texas and Oklahoma probably said, you're playing or we go. Ohio State. What, what if Ohio State says, all right, I call your bluff, Commissioner Warren, about revisiting. Got a chance to win a national championship this year. What are you going to do about it? You kick us out? You gonna find us? You gonna sanction us? My view on it is this: this statement from him was so fast after Kevin Warren's statement. I, I don't think this was something that they just whipped up in the past twenty minutes. No, they, they've been ready for this statement from Kevin Warren, and they've had this statement of theirs ready to to come back. So you think Ohio State's leaning towards continuing to explore fall? Yeah. Okay. That's my takeaway. Because because read it again, read it again, and talk about the winner side of things. While a decision has been made by the presidents of the Big Ten Conference to postpone the fall season, we view this as a temporary delay, and Dr. Johnson has directed us to prepare for the possibility of bringing at least some of our fall sports back to practice in competition by the end of the year. We are actively planning for the winter and spring seasons for all sports, including for the return of football. See, the end of the year part is what, from a timeline standpoint, gets me. So, end of the year, you bring them back. They start training in December when there's an empty campus, and then you move forward to play in January versus a fall Mm -hmm. football season. When he says end of the year, I don't know. If the Big Ten has enough people cause ruckus, can you coup this thing? 
That'd be interesting. I'm just seeing this as Kevin Warren tried to put everything to bed with his statement, and it seems like Ohio State is not ready to go to bed. Good. I don't think Nebraska's ready to go to bed either. No. They, they, they have been very upright in this whole process, Nebraska has been. Can we just start a movement for Gene Smith to, to pull double duty? Be the AD at Ohio State and the commissioner of the Big Ten? Or let's get Godfather Alvarez in his commissioner of the Big Ten. Let's get this dude out. I just can't take it anymore. And if you're, if, if you're basketball, you're freaking out. If you're basketball, you got Coach K talking. You got other head coaches talking about, you know, our sports will be gone. And so will your NCAA tournaments, NCAA, that you print money off of if you don't allow college basketball to happen or have an NC, if you don't have another NCAA tournament. They're already starting that narrative. I mean, did you see that this weekend the NCA still sent out an email uh, indicating that they were going to start their uh, their sales of 2021 NCAA basketball tournament tickets? Here's what I think is going to happen with with college basketball. I think you're going to get. I think you're going to get a bubble situation or a hub situation. Because right now, everyone's slapping the NBA on the back about how well they've handled this. You look at the COVID test, you look at the product, and it's been really pretty good. I mean, especially with some of the upsets that may be brewing with your top seeds. People are going to shift to the hub setup. And the, the, the hesitancy on that is the amateurism sticking point. The other side of this, too, is... Maybe this is just union busting. You want to complain about not getting yours or getting paid or being compensated fairly? Fine. Screw you. We will take all sports away under the umbrella of health and safety. That seems a little tinfoil hat to me. Okay. I, don't, I think the Big Ten knows where the money is made, and the money is made by playing football. Not completely. I don't think they'd go take away the football season just because of Oh, we have, I, we have I'm just union throwing that out there. The unionization thing's a tough nut, man. Here's the problem, though, and I don't have numbers on this, but when it comes to money into a university, I think the academic folks, because of their grants, their research dollars, <laughs> probably blow the athletic number out of the water. Probably, what was it? He had $150 million to, to Nebraska in research grant dollars. And he had $54 million for football, three-to-one ratio. That's, that's something that is there. Uh, yeah, Adam Rittenberg is tweeting out the Gene Smith response. So the good thing here is you have Ohio State's president... It will be serving on the new return to competition task force. I hope that Nebraska will get uh, to a point who they want. We'll continue on Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, 
don't say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben Woodhead with us. Dr. Ben, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. How about yourself, Chris? We're hanging in. We uh, we are holding our breath for uh, maybe some uh, some football this fall. We'll we'll see how things transpire with the Big Ten, but uh, NFL. And one of the guys I loved watching is Gerald McCoy, really high level player at Oklahoma, decade in the league. McCoy, the the number three pick, right after Sue, you know, and yeah, uh, McCoy was a staple down in Tampa. In front of Levante David, free agent deals, who's been in Tampa for a couple of years. Gerald McCoy brought in to kind of replace the uh, the departed Malik Collins. And, and McCoy, just a man, a, a tough injury to report yesterday. And uh, it sounds like a, a quad tear. Uh, McCoy has been released, but he was doing a... Uh, a drill and stepped on accidentally by a teammate in one of those routine drills and the guy couldn't put any weight on his leg as he got helped to the locker room doctor uh you know ben tell me here what goes into that setup with how it could affect your quad and then just the intricacies here of of really ripping up your quad It, it sounds pretty nasty yeah, they can be tough and painful injuries. Um, you know, from a treatment standpoint, these just don't really heal without surgery generally. You know, if you have maybe a less active person who's still able to kind of walk around and still be able to extend their knee, you know, that might be mm-hmm. a question that you could potentially try and do the non-operative route. But any type of high-level athlete or anybody that's going to require running, sprinting, um, any type of strength activity like that, really your only option is to go ahead and fix it. And so... You know, it's really a, as opposed to people here, gruesome fractures or breaks in the bones, you know, where you actually got to put those back together. The, the quad tendon is a soft tissue structure, so there's a variety of ways to fix it. But you're basically relying, once you do fix it, on that soft tissue to heal down to bone over time. Um, and a lot of that requires, you know, there's really not a quick way about it to, to get the healing going. You're really looking at a six-week type of recovery where you're just waiting for that thing to sock down and heal. Dr. Ben Woodhead's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday, and we're talking Gerald McCoy and his quad injury. So, without being too insensitive, when I look at McCoy's age and mileage, is this a career ender for the guy? I think that's a good question. I think it's certainly something he certainly can come back from. Okay. Um, but, you know, as we know from, a, from an NFL standpoint, um, the more birthdays you have, it's certainly not helping your chances by getting signed by a team, whether you have an injury or not. And so I think that's the kind of the uphill battle that he's dealing with is, you know, is somebody going to be willing to take a chance on him after injury? You know, then the, then the thoughts start coming, is he injury prone? Is something like Mm -hmm. this going to happen again? Is he going to come back a hundred percent? I think those are all the questions that, you know, if a team is willing to take a chance on him, you know, I just don't know. Um, From a standpoint of getting back, you know, to a functional level, I think he's absolutely going to be able to do that. It's just, is somebody going to take a chance on that? Dr. Ben, a thought here. Let's go back into the procedure and just, uh, you mentioned there's different ways to, to go about this, this quad injury, this tear. 
and uh, the, the tendon side of it, just how how messy and how busy is that region of the body to fix? And I know you mentioned the soft tissue side of things. Are those pretty delicate? Are those, a, I don't want to say a headache, but are those kind of a pain to deal with? Or, or is it something that is, it's just different versus the, the bone side of things? Yeah, so I think that's a good question. You know, they likely got an MRI just to be able to kind of plan you know, before you go into surgery, a lot of times when you tear these quad tendons, it'll kind of tear right off of the bone. And so you have this tendon that comes down and attaches to the bone. So if that's the case where it's kind of a clean, clean tear right off of there, you actually put heavy stitches or sutures into the tendon. You can actually um, reattach it to the bone through some kind of some holes and some tunnels where you basically tie it down to. And so if that's the case, you know, it's a fairly straightforward type of surgery. You know, a big guy like him, you never really know how much of the tendon he actually tore and what other damage that he had that goes along with the the injury. You know, if he, you know, maybe tears more in the middle, which is not as common um, of the quad tendon, you know, that's where it gets a little more messy because you're basically tying or sewing, you know, tendon to tendon. And, you know, that's where it gets a little tricky. Is this um, a region that that has... The, the good capability to, to reheal once procedures are done. There are different parts of the body that are harder to heal. Is the quad a, a muscle and a region and then tendon spot, does that heal pretty well, historically speaking? Yeah, historically it does because, you know, once they actually fix him, they'll likely lock the knee in extension more or less. He'll be in a brace or something like that. Um, basically keeping his knee extended out where he's not putting any stress on that tendon repair. And so, yeah, and he's a young, healthy guy for the most part you would expect. So, you know, his tissue should be really good as opposed to somebody that's maybe in the older older age or maybe not as nutritionally healthy or, you know, all those factors play a role. And so I think he's actually set up to have good healing potential. Um, and I'm sure they'll get a great repair on it as well. And so, you know, time is somewhat of just the essence with him. And if he follows the rehab protocol and really rests for the amount of time that they have him, he should heal. Dr. Ben Woodhead is with us at Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. We're talking Gerald McCoy, a uh, really brutal quad injury. Dallas has uh, cut him, and uh, we'll see what's next for the former Oklahoma star and number three pick overall. A, a thought here with the quad is that region and that muscle what when we look at the defensive tackle position is it more responsible for just that that brute strength of, of being able to fend off the interior lineman or is that part of what made Gerald special with that size and speed that 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 burst quality he had how big a hit is this quad to that burst and then that strength you know, I think it's just from a from an explosiveness standpoint, I think it certainly is going to play a role as opposed to, you know, a quarterback or maybe somebody that's not in that three-point stance or getting down like that. You know, I think it's going to play a huge role in, you know, how well he heals and whether he's able to get back to that explosive nature. Um, that's kind of, you know, he's down on all fours a lot in terms of, playing on defense. And so I think that's certainly, I think it's a certainly a good question. And I think as long as he, heals and and rehabs i think he'll be able to get it back last thought here dr ben woodhead with us lincoln orthopedic center gerald mccoy our topic for a jock doc wednesday 
what what effect does the quad have if you want to get lateral? I know the the the, the north south and let's go get the ball carrier and let's get a guard and center off of me so I can go hit the quarterback. But if I'm trying to to chase something down, uh, is the quad pretty important when it comes to to being able to do change of direction? I think as long so I think if you're you know if you're going straight lateral and you're planting on that leg and you're actually extending out for that explosive burst I think it does matter from mm-hmm. that standpoint I think if he's just going from side to side you know maybe it's not as um, not as important as we may think but I just think the dynamics of the whole you know the whole quad plays a substantial role um, just in the instinctiveness of playing that position mm-hmm. so I think it certainly will matter. Dr. Ben, have a good week. Thanks for a few minutes today. Absolutely. You too, Chris. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, interesting day, open letter. We had plenty of thoughts on that. Uh, we'll have some reaction to Ronnie Green's comments tomorrow. Reminder about moving, and maybe we've been thinking about moving. Conferences. <laughs> and I'm sure West Blue would help you with that. West Blue Realty, the good folks can make 2020's move a smooth one. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities will make your next move smooth. And for a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue Realty going to provide you up to $1,000 on hearing the closing of the next home purchase. And uh, give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768 or call Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly can help at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. Realty.com is where you log on, get an appointment set up, they're located 1120 K Street, Suite 200, and uh, they can also help you out with some agricultural land. And if you're looking to buy or sell ag land, they uh, have an auctioneer. They can do sealed bids or general land listings, and they've sold land in different parts of the great state of Nebraska, westbluerealty.com. All right, uh, plans tonight, uh, Elijah, do you have more syllabi to read through? Uh, no, I have some introductions I have to write on uh, for my online classes where I have to introduce myself in a, a couple hundred words. So Can't you just say, hey, well, jump on, jump on Zoom and I'll introduce it that way. Is this a writing course you got to do? No, it's just, this is online courses in Nebraska now. So I don't know. It, it's kind of stupid, but <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to get that degree. Um, other than that, probably watching basketball. Uh, I think we got Mavs Clippers tonight. So yeah. I'm excited for that one. If we get Chris stops in the game for the whole time, not getting ejected for a dumb reason. Yeah, there was some. Th- I thought I thought Porzingis though was pretty stand up about getting tossed. I mean, he didn't pile on the refs, even though the refs have been atrocious in these past three days of the NBA playoffs. The, the refs are always kind of brutal, and it, they they have their they have their good and their bad like the rest of us. But don't be. Looking for a reason to launch a guy. I mean, like, I, I get it in that you're probably, it's like, it's like coming off the bench. You're cold. Like, you've had five months off of refing NBA basketball. Now you got to come right back and do live action. Like, I get it. But you had the eight games to acclimate. Now we're in the playoffs. Like, we need you on your A game, refs. But I don't know. It's basketball is still fun. It's still the playoffs. I'm Who's going to check 
Dame? No one. You don't think anyone can step up? I mean, when when Dame Lillard's in the zone, when it's Dame time, you, I mean, the Defensive Player of the Year couldn't stop him in the playoffs last year. I know. Who do the Lakers have that can stop him? <laughs> Anthony Davis isn't fast enough side to side to stop him. No. LeBron James just isn't the same player he used to be defensively. He's bulked up. He's not going to stop Damian Lillard. You think Contavious Caldwell-Pope can stop Damian Lillard? It's Portland presents a real matchup nightmare for that Lakers team. If the Lakers make it through that series, I think they'll make the finals. But they've got to make it through Dame first. Well, that'll be must-see. And Mavs are good, man. I don't mind Cuban at all. I like the Clippers. And I like Kawhi and Paul. And see if that's entertaining again. And we're back at it tomorrow. Bill Dolman's going to be with us. Uh, Brandon Vogel, Pride of Chicago's Danny Burke, will be back at it at four. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Thanks for tuning in.